Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! Hello, Youngblood. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, man. How about you? I'm very well. I'm like cloud nine, baby. Yeah, man, happy, happy. Cool. Happy bunny. Sweet. So let's start with a bit of background yeah, from you. I of was, course. Cool. I was reading that your father had a, a vintage guitar Yeah, man, shop. He, he sold guitars. Yeah, he sells guitars. He still does it? Yeah, man, he still does it. Sells guitars. So your upbringing was very musical. Oh, yeah, man. I was kind of... It was like... I, I always grew up in a, like a really big musical family. You know, I mean, I was surrounded by music all my life. It was always on. There's literally a picture of me six hours old, out of the hospital, on my dad's counter, with a Beatles ukulele across my knee. So I couldn't really uh, have done anything else, do you know what I mean? And the fact that your dad sells uh, guitars, uh, I believe he listens, or you had more of a rock and roll background? Yeah, I think so. My granddad was a big musician. My granddad used to play bass and piano. And I remember he always used to, um, he used to, uh, I used to go around to his house and he used to put uh, revolver on by the Beatles. I remember that and play me loads of old school vinyls and be like, this is how music should sound, man. This is what real music is. None of this modern rubbish. I was like, all right, man. All right, granddad. How, how old were you by that time? I was I probably, I, I was literally young. I was probably about like between like seven and 11. And he used to like literally go in on music education, like slap me around here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then, uh, so when, when exactly did you start to play, or how... how, how... Uh, I think, I had, I, to be honest, I think I had a guitar, that, I had a guitar put in me at about four, really young, and then I, um, and then I just kind of, I was playing, but all my mates could play guitar better than me, like they could play like Sweet Child of Mine or Smoke on the Water better than me, and that really like pissed me off, so um, I just kind of started, I think I just, Instead of trying to be as good at that, I was just like, oh man, I like kind of playing songs, like just playing chords and 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 writing my own stuff to it. And I think like I was taking yeah. your time. To yeah, man, to kind of, and just kind of like just like I liked playing songs rather than playing riffs and stuff. And I think I was about eleven, and I remember playing my mum a song in the kitchen, and she looked at me and she was like, "That's all right, that." And I was like, "Yeah." And then, yeah, just been writing songs since then. Do you remember which song? Probably not. Of? It's probably very bad. Probably very, very bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, did you did you go to music school or? No, I went. I was. I went to. Um, I left. I did my GCSEs and then I left. To, I moved to London at sixteen to try and go to an art school for a bit, but it didn't really work out just because I've I, I've always been really opinionated and it's like been had loads of mad energy. And I just kind of, I don't know, man, I just, just, I don't know if they really understood me. So I just kind of dropped out. I was like, this is cool, but I am just kind of want to do my own thing. I want to express, because for me, all that you can ever be is fundamentally yourself. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, man, I just, I just don't, don't know if they understood me. So I was like, whatever, I'll do my own thing. And then once you had dropped from art school, what exactly did you decide to do? That was, that? I was literally, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to play music. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to write, write and play music and kind of, I went through a period of like getting a little bit lost and kind of writing whatever would get me on the radio, but then whatever I thought would get me on the radio, but then I was living in London. So I was growing up and I was, and I was, and I was seeing all these kind of issues around me and, and it kind of inspired me to, to, 
to write the music I write today. Do you know what I mean? I've always been so opinionated all my life. My parents were really good at allowing me to express myself. Do you know what I mean? I was painting my nails at like nine and shit. I had like red hair. My mum would let me dye my hair red and stuff like really young. Um, but I like, I always had a lot of energy and a lot of people misunderstood that. So I always felt not, not listened to by my parents. Yeah, but by almost like the outside world and kind of over a period of time that simmered up like a big pan. And then I figured out one day exactly what I wanted to talk about and exactly I figured out I could say what I think in my music. And that was just so awesome for me, do you know what I mean? And then that was a turning point when you decided to like stop uh, composing songs for, for yeah for whatever just for just, just just kind of like I just I just felt a purpose I just like I when I grew up when I was growing up I was inspired by musicians and music that represented something for example you know for example like the Clash N.W.A Eminem or the Arctic Monkeys you know what I mean I think Oasis they represented something that was more than the music they had an attitude they said something they influenced people in a way that that changed people's perceptions and changed people's lives and made, inspired people, you know? And I think it's, it's very easy at 16 in London on your own to be like, you know what? I'm gonna listen to people around me and do what people say around me because that's, that's their opinion of what I should be and that's gonna get me there quicker. But after two years of doing that, I was like, this is rubbish, this is boring. I'm gonna do my own thing. Was there a particular situation or moment or, well, more of a situation that triggered this yeah, change Yeah, definitely. In you? Brexit. Brexit? Yeah, absolutely. I think, to be honest, like, all my life, I f as I said earlier, I felt like I was fighting to be heard and I was fighting to be kind of... People either loved me or hated me and I was always kind of fighting to be accepted. I had such a thing about being accepted and... All my life, I, I, I was felt unlistened to, and that was the m first moment that I could, and me and my mates could get our voices heard and vote. I just turned 18, so I could vote, and I could have my voice heard. But I, my voice was taken away by a generation that, that is not, you know what I mean? It's not gonna make a difference to, and that was really sad. You know what I mean? I think right now the world is such a confusing place for young people because we are so intelligent, we are so clued up and we see this future, this liberal world that we want to be a part of and we want to move towards. But it's almost been held back by a generation that aren't quite ready for the world to go there yet or just don't understand us. Where is there? Pardon? Because you just said, so this generation is not ready for the world to go there yet. Where is there? Where? I just think this, lib li this liberal world, like things I don't understand are, we can compete with each other to, to have the best weapons and the best forms of destruction. But in my country, I'm 19 years old and I can't go to university for free. It's things like that. That's what I don't understand. Or there's still backwards mentality. If I want to marry a man, or if I want to abort, the child in my belly because the future because it's going to ruin my future. There's still backwards mentality towards that, and I think that is not a world that I want to be a part of. You know, from my perspective. Yes, and then you try to to touch upon these issues with yeah, your and, music. Yeah, that's, that's it, man. Because at the end of the day, I'm just saying what I think. You know what I mean? I don't want to tell people what to think because who the hell am I to do that? 
I can't tell you what to think because that's just not my place. All I want to do is I just want to encourage people to say what they think because all you can be is yourself. And if you say what you think, that's when conversations are started and that's when things change. And have you been getting a response from your public? Yeah, man, that's what's been the most crazy thing. Like the messages on Instagram, like DMs and, and messages on Twitter, people saying like, especially to polygraph eyes, like this subject affected me. It's helping me feel like I can talk about it and making me feel better. And like even the whole overall message of the songs, people are just like, you understand me, you're providing me with answers. And that just blows my mind because like that was, that was me. Like I was like that with Alex Turner and Eminem. Do you know what I mean? The only two people in the world that seemed to understand me when I was growing up were those two people. Alex Turner at the Arctic Monkeys and, and, and Eminem. And for me to be able to provide people with answers just like, it's just like, just blows my mind. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you, you, you aspire to be, can I say that you aspire to be like an Eminem or Alex yeah, Turner I, I, well, to, to course, your man, I'd public? Yeah, of course, man. That would be amazing. You know what I mean? I, just, I don't think, I just think, I'm, yeah, it's, it's amazing that I'm just saying what I think and doing my thing and, and people are connecting with it. That's just the best thing in the world and it just blows my mind, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just mentioned Polygraph Eyes. Yeah. And then I read that you, you were saying that this song, <coughs> it was the song that you were most proud of. Yeah. When, when exactly did you write it? Can you tell me? Yeah, it was, it was kind of about, I think it was about a, around a year and a half ago. It was at the end of my, it was like the end of my first EP. So I'd written King Charles, I'd written A Love You Marry Me, I'd written Tim Pan Boy. And it was a subject I wanted to talk about for quite a while. Um, I feel it's really important to come from a male perspective. And it tells the story of drunk girls being taken advantage of by boys on nights out. And it was something I saw growing up in the North. When you got in your early teens, you kind of see this. You see these girls stumbling out of nightclubs with boys that are not nearly as drunk as they are and they're just getting to cabs with them. And the messed up and the, the mental messed up thing for me is that it didn't resonate how fundamentally wrong that was until I grew up. Because we're brought up in a society where this lad mentality is, is accepted. And to me, that's just crazy. And like, as I grew up, I, I, just, I just kind of, I was like, this is totally fundamentally wrong. And, and the, the movement of female empowerment that's going on at the minute is just so amazing and, and so, so awesome. I just felt like when I was choosing songs for my EP, I was like, my, this song needs to be on because I don't want to sit quiet in the corner. I need to talk, say what I think from a male perspective. And I need to say that just because a girl wears a short skirt or wants to get really drunk does not give you the right to take advantage of that fact. Do you know what I mean? And I just felt like it, it just needed to be a, a song. I just needed to put it into a song and make the song so catchy and, and so kind of cinematic that it would get stuck in people's heads and then, then it creates conversation and we can talk about it. And the more we talk about things and the more we say what we think, we the easier it becomes to make that issue obsolete. Yes. Do you think that moving to London affected your songwriting? Definitely. I think so. I think you grow up. I think I grew up, I kind of had to stand on my own two feet and saw the world through my eyes with no other opinion. 
you know what I mean? I think when you grow up with your parents, you kind of, everything comes through a filter almost. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of, kind of comes through these glasses and you see the world in like it really, oh, it's a, it's a great place, you know what I mean? And whatever, and it is, and it's a really beautiful place, but yeah, I don't know. I just saw the world for what my perception, it really, through my perception, it really is. Do you know what I mean? And I can only write about what I know and I can only write about what I think. Um, but definitely moving to the city made me grow, grow up a lot and, and change my songwriting. And I can imagine that, for example, with a, with a song as a Tin Pan Boy. Yeah, man. We talk about uh, gentrification. Yeah, baby. So, <laughs> so this seems to me pretty much inspired. By yeah, London. 100%, man. It's like I, like I play guitar and I, I sat in those shops on Denmark Street and play guitar. Do you know what I mean? It's where I first, like, initially picked up guitars like properly do you know what I mean when I wanted to buy them and stuff and like that area Soho in London is so known for its artistic individuality do you know what I mean like the Rolling Stones you swung out there to clash the Sex Pistols Courtney Love goes there do you know what I mean it's just it's it's cool it's like Camden do you know what I mean and and to see to see kind of corporate companies forcing independent shops out because the rent gets put, becomes so high because of everything's been so built up. It's so sad, man, and it just made me angry, so I needed to say something about it, you know? Right, yeah. <coughs> On the other hand, I think that you could, well, you could have been writing songs like about like a broken heart. Or totally. Something like that, but you are... Or you choose to go through a political path. Totally, man. It's like, because I ain't got a broken heart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I haven't got one yet. When I've when someone breaks my heart, I write about having a broken heart. But I, I, I haven't had my heart broken yet. Do you know what I mean? So how can I write about something I don't know? That was the whole thing. That was the whole reality thing. It's like, my songs might not always necessarily have to be political, but it's always got they've always got to represent something and have a message. Because for me, rock and roll music right now has got so boring because it's just four dickheads on stage bashing the shit out of their instruments, singing about nothing. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's why I'm so obsessed with urban music right now and hip hop music because it's representing something. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it speaks to me in a way. It talks about things like anxiety and mental health and, 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 it's, and it's kind of igniting a fire in young people for that reason, because it's talking about real things. It's not just bitch get down or I love you so much I'm gonna shit myself. Do you know what I mean? And I just like, it just needs to, I just believe music needs to start representing something again. Can you cite a few artists that represent you right now? Yeah, I love Post Malone. I think Post is great, man. I think like, I think I love an artist, an American artist girl called Jesse Reyes. I love Trippy Red. I think he's really cool. Um, Travis Scott. Um, loads Lord. I love Lord. I think she's amazing. I think she's, she's kind of, She's such a strong woman and she's just completely doing her own thing and just completely in her own world and I love that. So yeah, to name a few, I love artists. Those, those like, I put loads, I like music every day, like Kanye West, man, blows my mind. Like I, I think we're just so lucky right now to be in a world where you can listen to 15 different genres after each other. Genre's kind of becoming obsolete. And for me, I never want to be an artist who is genre-defined. I want to shock people. 
Because like what's rock and roll, is, I think, is not just people smashing the shit out of their instruments and singing loudly. It's an attitude. It's what you're about. It's what you represent. Do you know what I mean? So why can't I take a Kanye West string section and put it over an 808 and a trap drum kit with a Clash guitar line and then sing about something, do you know what I mean, that means something to me? Why can't I do that? So rock and roll for you is a bit of a, an attitude, a way Yeah, of rock being... and roll is an attitude. That's exactly Rosa Parks is rock and roll. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get off my from my seat, white man, because I think you're wrong. Fuck you. Do you know what I mean? That's rock that's rock and roll to me. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar and Lord. Yeah, be, Kendrick Lamar, man. Like, they have the, the I, rock and roll. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Kendrick's such a rock star. That that new album, even a Black Panther album, man. And he's so politically driven as well. Like even that song with a weekend, pray for me, man. It's like falling on deaf ears again. Do you know what I mean? Like these lions. They're really, you know what I mean? They, they speak about something. Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar was such a good album for me, you know? Sick. I was wondering, uh, when listening to your songs, you have, well, you have a rock and roll background. Yeah. More of a rock and roll background, but your songs bring lots of elements from like ska and pop and hip hop. Yeah. I wonder at which moment you decided that you needed to incorporate all these elements into your songs. Because you could have easily gone through the rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. The traditional rock and roll path. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's easy, because that's easy. And that's why rock and roll's in a hospital bed right now, because people, have been, people are trying to do rock and roll in the same way we've been trying to do rock and roll since the Rolling Stones. And it's just been like, rock and roll's living in the past for me. Do you know what I mean? And you're not rock and roll if you're using backing tracks and 808s and stuff like that. I think, like, if people are saying that, it's like, Shut up, you're keeping rock and roll in the dark ages by that old school mentality. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be like some 75-year-old bloke in a Def Leppard t-shirt singing songs about Margaret Thatcher in a pub. Do you know what I mean? That's rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's not. I'm just, you know what I mean? I just think, I just think it's, why not mix it up? You know what I mean? That's what music's supposed to do, isn't it? Push boundaries, change shit. So I just believe if you're not representing something or doing something new, then you're not an artist, you're a singer. And I don't want to be a singer. What exactly do you want to be? An artist. <laughs> Sick. And, yeah. And then you were just saying that rock and roll is, well, the, the tradition of rock and roll is easy and you don't like things to be easy. No, I think I, think, I, think I love traditional rock and roll. I love the Rolling Stones. I love the Clash. I love, I love all that. I grew up on that. But I'm just saying, why would I do that? That's been done. They've done that. Let me do something new. You know? Why would, I, why would I try and be like someone else? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take influences from people I love, but I mix it all together to try and create something new. Because why would I do something that's been done that's not, that's not music, that's just copy and paste? And now that you have your first EP out and you are touring, do you have, uh, do you have a plan on where you want to be? in the next few years or on where you want your music to go. Yeah, man, of course. I think like it's what, what's so important to me, man, like forget all the hype and stuff is people connecting to my music. And when I'm in those venues, like this tour was crazy because the rooms were full of people and we were just screaming it all together. There was just this sense of unity. And I would love for that to grow. And I can't wait to try and meet more people and to go and connect to more people across the world. That's just so exciting for me. 
Do you know what I mean? I think like there's so much more music coming. Like I've literally just been on a rampage, writing and writing and writing, and I'm getting tired looking at my travel schedule. Do you know what I mean? I just can't wait to just get out there, work hard, and I can't wait to see where I am in a couple of years. Do you think that your music works best when you are connected to to your audience? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I never want to be an entitled artist. I always respond to. If people DM, DM me on Instagram, I respond with video messages because the music I'm writing is about young people not being listened to. So how can I ignore them if they reach out to me? You know what I mean? I, try, I get back to as many, as, them, as many of them as I can because at the end of the day, like, it's not about, it, it's about that. It's about on a human level connecting with people who are feeling the same things as me. That's what the fundamental core of me and Youngblood is. And that's what gives me the biggest kick. When someone writes me a note and says like, I'm, I'm dropping out of art school because, I'm dropping out of normal school and going to art school because your songs made me feel like I could do that. Or I want to get a tattoo because your song, uh, I'm going to get a tattoo of your lyric on my arm because it means so much to me. That's the stuff that gives me a kick instead of, you know what I mean? That's just the biggest thing for me. It's just like, what? And I just, I don't want it to stop. I just want to keep going. You know, I'm excited. All right. Youngblood, thank you. Thank, thank you, you man. Thanks so much for having me. Kushti. Rock oh. and roll. Amazing. Thank you. <coughs> thank you. That was sick.